0: Hello, Hello, and, again, again, welcome. welcome to the incomparable podcast number 229. We hope your brief detention in the relaxation vault has been a pleasant one.
1: It is January 2015.
0: Quit now, and cake will be served immediately. This was a triumph. I'm making a note here. Huge success. And the science gets done And you make a neat gun For the people who are still alive
2: Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Snell. It's time for us to take another trip into the world of video games, and I've got an excellent panel here to talk about a couple of games that we've been uh, claiming we were going to talk about for, I don't know, a couple of years now, and we finally got around to it. So this is not on the cutting edge of gaming, but it is a couple of old favorites that people kept asking, when are you going to talk about Portal and Portal 2? And the answer is now. Right now, you are so. if you're just tuning in randomly to this podcast, hoping in vain that finally we might cover Portal, you are a really lucky person and haven't read your podcast app, because this is our Portal episode. Let me introduce my panel, who's going to talk about Portal with me. Uh, in the, standing in the blue portal, uh, Tony Sindelar. Hello.
3: Hello. I think we can put our differences behind us for science.
2: You monster. I, I appreciate that. Standing in the orange portal... Oh, that's like the backside of Tony. Step out of the way, Tony. It's, oh, sorry. Uh, it's John Syracuse. Hello.
4: Jason, the only thing you've managed to break so far is my heart.
2: We have uh, returning, this is like a little uh, Last of Us episode reunion, uh, standing on the orange gel, it's Tiffany Arment. Hello
5: hi i am beyond excited you have no idea well maybe twitter has an idea
2: yeah you've been <laughs> yeah you've been going at it it's it's very exciting i
5: like this game like i like star wars like people like star wars oh
2: awesome so, i'm awesome. pretty excited and bouncing up and down on the blue gel it's brianna Wu. hello
1: what's crackalackin portals i had i know i had a whole portal <laughs> quote ready but these two guys stole it like so i'm just gonna default back to crackle no. tony
4: took the obvious one yeah. i took obscure i was nice
2: I'm glad nobody said the cake is a lie. That's yeah, a little too. You it's, know. It's getting I, mean, right. I thought it's we could go this whole podcast
4: without saying that, but Jason blows it immediately. Gotta do it. Yeah, that's... I gotta get out of the know. way. You gotta clear it. Just clear the room. And then yeah. now, we're, now it's done. Every, everybody gets Phil Hartman.
2: Yep, <laughs> I, exactly. I have a theory of comedy. <laughs> uh,
4: yeah, <laughs> you need an agent of chaos.
2: Anyway.
5: Do not look into the operational end of the device.
2: <laughs> so I first discovered these games completely backward in the sense of um, I had not heard of this game until Andy and Notco put still alive on his holiday playlist, which is not holiday themed. What
4: year was this, Jason? 2008, uh, <laughs> something oh, yeah. like that. Not, that. not that bad then.
2: No, but I didn't play the game for another couple of years. Probably. <laughs> I, I don't know. I played this game. It, it's been a while. I, I didn't play this last week or anything. Um, and, and, and you who are all much better at games than I am, uh, correct me, but it sounds like this was a small part of a uh, a game package and and Indeed. it's not that long a game, the original portal, but it became um a phenomenon because then I kept on hearing people talk about portal and 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 then I had to play it so it seems like was this kind of an accidental hit that it was meant to just be playable. because it was thing? it was
3: so the original version of it for those who aren't familiar was packaged with this thing called the orange box, which was valve's collection of uh you know half life two and some half life two ex- expansions that. Never got finished, and the new version of Team Fortress, and then they had this portal game that was kind of tucked on there, and it was sold as the orange box uh, for you know the last generation of consoles, and uh, you know it was kind of kind of tacked on there, and I, I it seems like probably they were not prepared for it to be as huge a success. I mean I think everything Valve makes is is pretty good, and you know they have a pretty consistent. Uh, hit delivery system but but yeah portal kind of really took off it was really exciting i remember playing it on a friend's xbox 360 in a dark time before i had an xbox 360 and it was i had you know one of those friends who was like you need to play this game come to my house and play it in one sitting and i did that and then i went and bought an xbox 360 and my own copy of portal not that long after that
4: you played it on the console i always thought it came out for the pc first and i didn't yep look it up the uh
2: the Wikipedia page says they both came out the same time, wow. Windows and Xbox. I would
4: recommend not playing
3: this on a console. Really? Like any first-person shooter, it is much easier. I would probably buy it via Steam right now is how I would do it. If you have a Mac or a Windows computer or a Linux computer, you could just do that if you don't own a console. All right,
2: we should establish what d- devices we played this on then. I played, I played both of them on my Mac. The, that, that's what I did. These, the, I didn't use a console for either of them.
5: I also did Mac for both and all.
1: I played it on everything okay yeah well, fair uh, enough have, you
2: win yeah. you beat us everything Oh, and, i'm
1: not trying to win i'm just saying like but, and yet you did to, like people people have complained about like the controls on console and i've been like okay well let's evaluate this so i've beaten you know it's not a long game like it's a it's an afternoon you know so i've beaten them on console and also pc
3: i played it on the 360 i don't i've played a lot of i've played a lot of first-person shooters on the 360 right. i don't really have any trouble with the controls
1: for me um my
2: the first person shooters that I've always played uh, you know when I was when I started playing them were on the, on the Mac like Marathon Marathon 2 the whole Marathon series and uh and, and Unreal Tournament and some other stuff like that and so when when uh, Portal came out and and then many years later I bought it uh, I wanted to play it on the Mac because I felt like I actually had the muscle memory from that and I struggle with first person shooters on consoles because I learned how to play them on a on a keyboard and and pointing device mm-hmm. and so uh Uh, It was a great nostalgia trip for me because that all immediately snapped back. The whole, you know, WASD move kind of thing. Man, I was, that was, so that was great. So uh, on one level, Portal was just a a wonderful, uh, just hit of nostalgia because I hadn't played a first person game um, on my Mac in a long time and not that many on consoles at that Mm -hmm.
3: point. I think it's also as far as a first person goes, it's pretty forgiving, right? I mean there's obviously oh, yeah. there's some stuff that's timing involved, but not a lot, and it's not a lot of that kind of twitch reaction. It's not like playing Counter Strike or something like that where it's it's you know, it's all about the milliseconds of clicking or, or anything like that. It's it's pretty forgiving.
4: Yeah, in fact if you overthink it, as I did when I was playing it, for a lot of the sections where you're flipping through portals and, and you're doing lots of momentum moves. If you mm-hmm. just don't touch the mouse, it will realign your viewpoint, yeah. in, like based on the new, based on the current new gravity. Uh, but if you're a first-person shooter player, you don't expect your viewpoint, or especially yeah. on a PC, you don't expect your viewpoint to ever be realigned unless you move the mouse. So the first time I played one of the uh, boards in Portal One with the big <laughs> platforms, I was constantly, as soon as I came out of a portal, I was readjusting my view to be facing the right direction and at the same time the game was trying to readjust my view yeah and it was like why is this so hard until i just said oh just don't touch the mouse and it just realigns (laughs) you to the new gravity and you're fine and yeah it's very easy to overthink it even i even i did that because i I
2: remember that that was the case with something like marathon you would have to reorient and and i would go through a portal and be like wait a second wait a second if i do nothing i'm looking in the right direction
4: yeah it's it's made to it's the bar is low but there is there is still a bar because as i've tried to get other people to play this game i thought oh this is a great game you can play it in like an hour or two portal one that is and uh and it's fun and it's got a narrative and it's very interesting and we'll talk about all the good qualities. so i'd say oh you you may not be a gamer but try this game and then just to watch people utterly fail to orient themselves in a first person shooter because even though it seems natural for us, it is a fairly alien concept. No matter what, maybe it's probably easier on the console, but I think even then, people just look at the screen and a bunch of thumbsticks and or you know look at the screen and a mouse and a keyboard and you just don't understand how to navigate that world. And that's a, a yeah. real big barrier to enjoying this game because you do need some basic ability to conceptualize the space and move through it.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think anyone who's watched somebody try to play a first person shooter for the first time, maybe whether it's a, you know, a child or that person's parent or something like that, it's, there's not a, a kind of natural take to it. I mean, I think we kind of take for granted, if you've been, you kind of grew up on it, um, that there's, you know, you don't just instantly jump in and are able to navigate a 3D world with, you know, WASD and a, and a mouse, right? right. That's, a, that's a learned skill.
5: Yeah, for me, Portal was kind of an easy transition on the Mac from playing Half-Life. I mean, because it was just all there. yeah, And it was exactly the same. Like, the controls are all the same, and the world's extremely similar. And, yeah, so that, for, for, for me, it was kind of, it just, that's how it happened. I can't even imagine playing it on a console. I can't do it.
1: I have to say, um, yeah, I was, uh, I was really impressed by how much better, the console controls were between Portal One and Portal Two. You can tell they took a lot of time, particularly with the the like momentum puzzle algorithm. And um, I, I have to say, like, I thought I I understand where people are coming from with it being wonky on for Portal One, but I thought Portal Two. I played it on console and just enjoyed it it, it greatly. And honestly, like, Portal is such an easy game to begin with. I didn't think it was that hard, even on you know. Three sixty, or you know, uh, yeah, where I played it. Yeah, I the, um, I mean, I, I try
2: to explain this to people. I think you're right that there is this fundamental literacy about about first person shooters and moving in a three D world and using abstract controls to control a you know your perspective and that we can take for granted as being something that that you know well of course it's a shooter it's fine it makes sense. Um, beyond that though, one of the things I really like about it is. Um, as somebody who's not, you know, use, like like I struggled with The Last of Us, it is easier. This is true. But I also love that it was, um, as people always say, the first-person puzzler. I love that it used the 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 skills I had built up, as such as they were, the literacy of first-person shooters to solve puzzles.
3: I'm really interested in, like, how games teach things. And Portal does a great job of teaching you how to play Portal. Right. Uh-huh. It builds really incrementally. Um, I mean – the puzzles are all really nicely designed and you know they're not too hard and you, you still get that kind of satisfying aha move, moment but it does a really good job especially i think portal 2 does an even better job of right. things unfold and they still they keep adding new mechanics to portal 2 all throughout Portal 2, and there's so many games where it's like the mechanics are front-loaded, right? We're going to teach you everything you need to know how to play the game in the first two hours, and then you're going to do that over and over again for six to ten more hours. Right. Portal 2 keeps adding to that. It keeps teaching you new things and new ways that things are going to intersect, and, and it does it in a, a, way, a way that's you know really fun to play. It's a little bit like school, though.
4: Because if you miss a lesson, again, having watched people and tried to get people to play this game and appreciate, it, if you miss a lesson, like if you're absent today or yep. you don't pay attention, because yep, portal, you're, both you're, Portal you're and Portal teach a particular concept, and if you either never really get that concept and just fumble through the level or forget that concept, mm-hmm. you can be just sitting there and stuck, not on the navigating the 3D world, but like that's the other aspect of this game. Like so, the 3D world is one thing. If you're good at first-person shooters, you have no problem with it. The second aspect of this game is. Do you have any aptitude for or enthusiasm for puzzles uh, and figuring out Mm -hmm. how to do the puzzles Relies on you remembering the very simple, you know, steps that are laid out before. This is how portals work. They don't even give you the second portal for a while. This is how the second portal works. This is how momentum works in portals. Uh, there's there's a few strategies you can do. And Then they throw elements into this. Is how the buttons work. This is how the turrets work. You know, all, all through the thing. Like like uh, Tony said, Portal Two just has a million of those throughout the whole game. But even in Portal One, if you forget a single one of those, and like the first couple levels, it can be it can be like that adventure game where you just. Back in the old days, where you'd said you'd spend months stuck like in a room on an adventure game because there was no internet and you couldn't figure it out, and when you yeah. did, you just felt like a dunce. Uh, it's I don't think that'll happen to anybody who's remotely good at puzzles, but a surprising number of people who are good at first-person shooters have no interest in puzzles whatsoever. Right. I think this game is as a weird mix
3: of like... I mean, there are a very specific type of puzzle in that they are all these kind of spatial reasoning puzzles, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think a lot of people who are familiar with first-person shooters build up some spatial reasoning abilities and their ability to kind of navigate 3D space. But, you know, there's some people who that's going to probably not really resonate with and they're not going to enjoy that. Well, the big conceptual hurdle is the fact that you have a portal gun and...
4: That is, although they, I mean, you would think that, like, that is the most obvious thing about the game. Like, they mm-hmm. hammer it, it's kind of, like, is in the name, it's the main mechanic of the <laughs> yep. game, and yet I will see people looking at a puzzle and not being able to figure out how to get from point A to point B, and it's like, sure. you have a portal, God. Like, once <laughs> yep. you learn wh- which walls you can put it on and which walls you can, it's like, if you can see it at this line of sight, you can get there. How can you get there? Put a portal there, and then like they'll be they'll be stuck for an hour on it.
5: Even after playing the game a second time, I have definitely come into those rooms where I was like, "Oh crap, how am I supposed to do this?" Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, "Wait a minute, I have a portal!" Like you know, you forget for a second in certain levels that you have the ability to do that, even
2: though that's like the base of the game. But I anyway, have a magic thing I'm... that goes against the laws of physics. Yeah, because right. you're like,
5: "Oh okay, I'm, I'm in this room. I'm going to solve this puzzle. It's getting complicated now, especially later in the game." And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, right, I could just do this and back up in here and then it's done. And that was the easiest thing ever. And I just thought about it too much. So if you like, just like John said earlier, if you think about it too much, it's over, you know, you, you get trapped.
3: I'll never forget when I kind of, you know, like stumped for like 30 seconds on like the second puzzle in portal one. And it's like, you can shoot one portal and I see the portal far away. And I shoot a portal next to me to get there. And now it's like, well, I'm already next to the fixed portal. I'm stuck, right? And it's like, wait, wait, wait. Oh, I can shoot another portal further away and then step back into the portal. I just get. And then, you know, everything just builds from that so seamlessly. It's, it's great.
5: It's also really nice how even on a second playthrough or even a third playthrough for some people, it is still... It, you can still make challenges for yourself even yeah. if you've already solve the puzzles and you kind of know the basic physics of everything and how everything works and how the puzzles are are worked but you can kind of challenge yourself to be like okay how few steps can I take how few portals can I throw it it makes it really it makes it fun
1: again (laughs) so I was I was gonna say I feel like we're kind of missing the forest for trees a little bit in this discussion I mean you know portal is portal is a breath of fresh air Mm in an industry that is almost completely lacking in innovation at times. And, you know, this comes from Half-Life, which is a game that, you know, is a first-person shooter, but has just enough of a twist on it to make it an interesting and significant game. You know, like the the physics mods for, for Half-Life 2 are actually some of the most important um, mechanics have ever been introduced into the game industry. And I think that, you know, like the reason people are really passionate about Portal is it was this amazing mix of an innovative, different mechanic that is just unlike anything in any game that's ever come before. It's not a game that's about mindlessly destroying things, which practically Mm. every game in this industry is about, including my own. And, you know, and it also has this wicked sense of humor. And we're, 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 we're living in this industry, where, you know, we just kind of all nod and wink at the lie, you know, like, we're all drowning in BS all day long. And we know it, and we hear it in commercials, and, you know, in the systems of authority around us. And we're just living in like, a very insincere society and here's a game that comes along and does this wickedly brilliant satire about it and it was just such a fresh experience and i think it's like like we don't love portal because like the pc controls are better than the console like we love it because it's so innovative well
2: you know, I, I'll be honest. One of the reasons why I am not attracted to a lot of the games that come out, and I do have many consoles, and I, you know, and I, I do like games, but and this is how I felt a little bit about the Last of Us. It's like I get bored with shooting bullets at stuff, especially if it's people-like stuff. Um, like my favorite things in Halo are uh like driving the vehicles around and all that and there's there's in I mean we're really talking about both games anyway there is a point in Portal 2 2- where just to, not not only do I enjoy the fact I should I should close this point. I, not only do I enjoy the fact that I, I've got a gun in this game, but I don't I don't I create with it. I don't destroy with it. Um, and I use my intelligence and and, and I get away from that fire, firing bullets and and having the splash of a, a dead body of an alien hitting the floor or a, a some other kind of enemy. But then late in in Portal Two, there are several um there are several levels where you're basically painting. The level, the 3D level, you've opened portals on drips of goo and then open them up somewhere else and they're kind of shooting out and just kind of splashing everywhere and you're doing it tactically and yet I found myself really enjoying just the effort of... Painting these these beautiful three d levels with these drops of goo just for fun, just because it was enjoyable mm-hmm. and and you that, try that Super Mario sunshine you might like it oh interesting yeah <laughs> uh, but so so I, I'm totally with you there that, that um I I totally get the first person shooter metaphor, and I've enjoyed playing shooters. And yet, you know, as I've gotten older, I've gotten, gotten, it just seems kind of old to me. And Portal was that breath of fresh air of like, oh, I can use these skills and have a good time. And yeah, there's some peril and there's some things shooting at me, but it's not, I'm just outwitting them. And it, it, and it, I I really appreciate it. That's the thing that made me play. Uh, There are not that many games that I have played, you know, all the way through. Um, in the last 10 years, and the Portal games were not hard to play all the way through. Like, I really wanted to play them all the way through.
3: I like how in Portal 2, in Portal 2, you're constantly berated for being a murderer, even though it's, you know, a relatively non-violent game compared to sure. the, the number of murders you would commit in many other <laughs> games, right? Let me take a break to
2: tell you about our sponsor this week. It is casper you may have heard of them before casper you know it's an internet mattress and i say that and you're thinking internet mattress sounds like something crazy but it's not it's actually really awesome these are tech guys who got together and tried to figure out a way to take two amazing bed technologies latex foam and memory foam and stick them together and also make it as easy to order a bed as anything else you might get on the internet and that's what they did so these mattresses are made in america they are obsessively engineered and they have a shockingly fair price. It's $500 for a twin, nine fifty for a King. If you compare that to industry averages for premium mattresses, that is an impressive price point. Casper will ship direct to your door. It comes in a box and then you open it up and it, it expands once it gets out of the box, which is very cool. And they've got a risk free trial and return policy. You could sleep on a Casper for a hundred days. Free delivery, painless return. If you don't like it in the first 100 days, they will take it back for you. So there's really no risk here. You need to try it out. I've had a Casper in my house for the last two months. I have been sleeping on it every night. And you know what? It really is great. I enjoy it a lot. The memory foam is there. So um, what they say is just the right sink, just the right bounce. And that's exactly right. It's super soft and nice on top, but it's supportive beneath that. When I I, uh, sit on my bed, I don't feel like I'm sitting on the edge of a trampoline like on my old mattress. It's really comfortable, super nice. Uh, My house definitely was full of people um, who were skeptical about mattresses from the internet with uh, foam technologies come up that we were thought up by geniuses with uh, crazy tech ideas. And you know what? It's actually really great, and everybody is convinced now. And I think you might like it too. So check it out. Get $50 off toward any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com. Casper, like the ghost, dot com slash incomparable and use promo code incomparable that'll get you fifty dollars toward any mattress purchase and thank you casper for sponsoring the incomparable and for making the very pleasant mattress that i sleep on every single night
5: in addition like what brianna was saying about how it being this just wickedly brilliant satire or her exact words since the chat room loves it as a title sure um but just the way that even in portal one to start the way the the story came in to play and how everyone was saying, you guys were saying that it teaches you how to play the game very well at, without feeling like it's teaching you how to play the game but it also kind of brings in the story oh, without yeah. you realizing that there's a story mm-hmm. coming uh you know all of a sudden uh, gladys is you know her you hear her voice you don't know anything about her but she'll start you know saying things about like oh you're going to be missed you know and you're like wait what what did she just say you, you know and you're like hold on <laughs> a second and then the music changes and it starts you know feeling a little bit ominous and you're like what am I walking into here you know it's first it looks you feel like it's just this puzzle game and you're playing as this person and you're walking through and I'm going to solve some puzzles puzzles with this cool gun but then it, it very it very seamlessly and and slowly becomes you know this this intense thing that you, and then you start finding the dens and you start seeing what's going on and she starts talking to you in a weird way and I just I find that so intriguing and like you they it's so funny and the wit that they use and the language that's used you just can't help but enjoy it and keep going
1: but also have a little bit of fear, which is great. The way they tell that story is so brilliant because you are talking about her voice and... Like for the first part of the game, if you listen to the way that they edited GLaDOS's voice, they would have her like read three lines, and they would pull individual words out of it and make it sound very disjointed and computer-like. And if you listen to that effect as you go deeper and deeper into the game, they start rolling that back and taking it away. So what you have, like when like you were talking about the sinisterness, like start coming out, then they would not do that effect, and she'd be so it was lesson to lesson to lesson so she becomes more and more human yeah. and more and more of a villain until yeah. you get to like the final level where she's doing actual evil soliloquies towards you and it's just <laughs> so awesome i mean we all agree that glados is one of the greatest villains in a video game right it's like, such a great character right
4: yeah, we- yeah yeah, yeah. brie already stole the first two lines for my notes she got the clever uh-huh. game pain mechanic mixed with narrative which yeah. was my overarching right. thing and then and then the my very first note was the super robotic voice at the beginning of portal one that slowly gives away you really see it if you go play portal one and portal two back to back because portal two she's uh-huh. all smooth silky evil the whole time right whereas portal one Well
0: done. Remember, the Aperture Science Bring Your Daughter to Work Day is the perfect time to have her tested.
4: You know, the the game Portals is from basically like an idea for a gameplay mechanic, this whole portals mechanic. And you can make a game with just a mechanic. What makes it special is they had a mechanic. Lots of games have cool mechanics. I mean, you could say even something like Threes has uh, an interesting mechanic that you know, combine these tiles and they slide in this interesting way. That's a mechanic. You can make a great game like that, but putting narrative on top of it is you know it's like chocolate and peanut butter combined here, and and it's not <laughs> like if you just have a narrative you have a bad game, and it's not like if you just have a great gameplay you kind of give a bad game. You make great games either way, but Portal was such an oddity because it was like look, you know, it's it was made by a few people. It was a small t- uh, you know tie-in type game. It's never going to be this grand narrative like like a big huge AAA A narrative game. And it's never the gameplay mechanic is like, yeah, all right, I guess it's kind of interesting. But the combination of the two is way more than the sum of the parts. Well, and I, I think you know, I think also what kind of game
2: it is plays into it brilliantly in that the way the way it starts, you know, you you almost expect it's like, oh, I get it. They've got a clever mechanic, and they've got a series of puzzles, and it's literally going to be. I mean, and you were led to believe you, that's what got everybody la- thought right? when they you, saw you like, the oh, labels on Portal. the wall. This is one of sixteen, right? And you're like, oh yeah, I guess we're just yep, going to do right. some things, and then you get to that moment where it all falls apart, and you flee, and you're going down the so- the passageways outside the things, and that is such that is one of my favorite moments in any game I've ever played because yeah. you're like, what is happening now? How, is, how you know? And I've got and you, fle- you
5: feel that fleeing a journey adrenaline too. oh yeah you it's trying it. to kill like me. you're I like oh my here. god i really do have to get out of here like i am in and trouble. the music changes and, and even
4: at that point you you know that she's probably going to kill you at that point like this is the great thing about you know sort of the 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 mute protagonist in half-life and in this game as well by the time you get up to whatever that level is when the, when the, the fire is there and everything and they're going to incinerate you uh You are so mad at GLaDOS because she's just been needling you. And the only, the only way you have to take revenge on this voice that's been in your ear that you're pretty sure now wants you dead is through your actions in the game because you can't yell back and there's no like, there's no interaction, there's no dialogue. Uh, it's like you, you feel like you're in this conflict with what is essentially a voiceover. Like again, if it's a small game, an economical way to do it is, just make the game with the mechanic and just add a voiceover. You're like, what do you mean just add it? Is that it? Is that your whole narrative? Is it just gonna be voiceover? How the heck are you gonna pull that off? It's it's very economical. And the trick is have really, really good writing and really, really good voice acting. And then all of a sudden there's this entire world and this entire conflict that's in your head with what is essentially a voice happening while you play puzzles. Like her voice she doesn't even affect the game. She just drops you in and then you you know you play out each room and you He'll go talks through to it. you in the elevator. Right, and you know, during the loading screen, insults
5: you in the elevator,
4: and, and, yeah, well. and out of that, this entire—it's like reading—it's like reading a book. This entire world has spun out in your mind. Like the entire game is taking place in your mind, while like your hands are
3: solving a puzzle, and you're just like, "I'm gonna get her," or whatever. You know, she thinks she's gonna kill you, <laughs> and you're like,
4: "Escape! Ha ha! I'm free!"
3: You know. Yeah, I usually find games with the silent protagonist. Like kind of frustrating and feel like it's kind of from a certain era of video games, but it works so well in this. Um, I mean, it, to me, it, it's it's weird in Half-Life when you go places and there are like scientists talking to you and you just sit there and don't <laughs> respond. Um, but it, it works really well in Portal with, with you know, with Gladys as the main character and with the other characters that they add in Portal too.
5: And it's all women! Woo!
3: Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> <laughs>
5: They even talk about, like, bring your daughter to work day, the self-esteem fun for girls, Gladys. show In in the beginning
4: of Portal 1, like, how do you show who the character is in a first-person shooter? And the very first, as soon as you wake up in Portal 1, you are forced to see your player character, which almost never happens in any other game unless you shove a mirror in their face, because... Going through the portal, you see yourself entering. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a clever way to without without putting a mirror right in front of you or without having like a readout over the screen saying who you are or whatever. It's totally clear that you are this woman, and uh, for the rest of the game, you'll be seeing yourself going through portals. You know. I, I wanted to say one thing about the silence, which is
2: just you can read it as being um, I'm not gonna f- I'm not gonna Feed the trolls, right? I'm not yep. going to give Gladys the satisfaction of talking to her. I'm just going to mm. ignore <laughs> her and roll my eyes. And she's just she can hold a whole conversation by herself. I don't need to participate. Instead of it being that, why am I? Why am I not saying anything?
3: And they kind of even then poke fun at it in Portal Two when yeah. uh, when they ask you to say stuff and you you hit a button, and it makes you jump and it, there's yeah. like, maybe you have brain damage, you know, <laughs> or maybe you just don't <laughs> want to talk to any of these annoying robots. I
4: think she calls you a, a mute monster at some point in a, later in, in, in Portal Two. Or <laughs> yeah, I think some, so. kind of, some kind of crazy mute or whatever. But...
0: And then you showed up, you dangerous mute lunatic.
4: Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Uh, <laughs> like, you're playing the entire game, and you're all, your actions are your only revenge. And even though everything, like, you know how it works. It's a game. Like, when you get through a certain sequence, certain audio is triggered. But it seems like, especially because the, the amount of time you spend solving a puzzle is variable, depending on whether you get stuck or not. And very often you'll spend a long period of time without hearing anything, say, because you don't trigger any other events, like putting a portal behind the security cameras and hearing the little voice tell you not to do that or whatever. And you struggle through a puzzle and in your moment of triumph, immediately her voice comes in and cuts you down again.
3: And then you just hate her even more. And you're like, oh, God. Even her just berating you when you're in the elevators is kind of, it's like, that's a really nice take on like, we're, this is here so we can have a loading screen, right? But we're going to, you know, we're going to amuse you, um, you know, in between puzzles.
1: So I I, I have to say, I've heard... A criticism I hear a lot from people are people that um, they don't like games that basically play as movies. Like they hate Metal Gear, for instance, because they, they don't want to watch a story. They want to play a story. And they're they're really big fans of of like the first person, like you exist in this world and you just see it and a story happens around you. I usually don't like that, but I think in Portal, I think that this game could not have worked if you had heard Chell talking. And the reason I think that is, Jason, coming back to your comment about, like, uh, you know, how you felt when the world started, you know, like, GLaDOS tries to kill you and you leap out of the incinerator and, like, you've broken the fourth wall. And suddenly you're behind the the scenes of Aperture Science and, you know, you're seeing all these mechanics and, like, uh, just broken down scaffoldry and going from room to room. And that experience is so much about what you, the player, are feeling. And, like, do you remember when you incinerated your companion cube? That was freaking horrible. <laughs> oh, like, that hurt yeah. to kill your faithful companion
3: cube. And then they they twist the knife by saying you were the right, fastest in ever record
1: time.
0: You euthanized your faithful companion cube more quickly than any test subject on record. Congratulations.
1: Yeah, do they always say
0: that? No a, matter what, yeah, a, I'm
5: pretty sure. Yeah.
1: But from a... It, it was so much about what you yourself mm-hmm. felt from that like eh, maybe you're a monster and you felt nothing <laughs> incinerating your companion cube and i think if you had like chell speaking right. throughout the whole game i think it, it would, would just yeah. be exactly because the wonder portal is exploring and figuring it out and your own thoughts and mm-hmm. your own journey in your head is the reward of portal so Mm -hmm. I I think this is like the rare edge case like it's really true this this uh, criticism and
4: I don't think there are any cutscenes in portal one like with the exception of maybe the very ending of the game like there are loading screens in which you are you know elevating You're entertained by voices but you make everything happen and so it is a it is a conversation between voiceover audio and your actions that is the conversation obviously your actions are always going to be the same you're always going to complete each room and go to the next room and yet it feels like a conversation even though you are essentially being led through a linear thing of corridors and triggering a linear series of events. That's what good writing can do. It can make you forget, just like a book. Like, the book's going to unfold the way it's going to unfold, but you feel like it's a living, breathing thing when you're reading yeah. it
3: because whatever you've got in your head as the platform is like going out over that fire and then you're running through the back hallways like whatever you have in your head is going to be a lot more meaningful than like a voice actor saying like i gotta get out of here right i mean that
4: oh yeah yeah. the music music is great too
3: the music cues that they had
5: were really really good and really lent to everything in the game in addition to like i love just the little radio playing the annoying song all the time oh yeah (laughs)
2: i do love that I also like, uh, as somebody who tends to not do the obsessive exploring of every single uh, crevice, of every single 3D area of a game, um, I liked that in Portal, the original, when you go behind the scenes... I felt really motivated to do that, partially because the game was leading me there, but also partially because of the story. The story made me feel like, as Chell, I needed to figure out what the hell was going on here. And then you get rewarded by seeing the scrawled things on the walls and stuff like that. But I liked how it made me feel like, oh, well, of course, I need to do this thing that, you know, most gamers would probably be doing anyway, which is trying to figure out what's going on by looking down all these weird different locations behind the scenes in this game
4: and they put arrows on the wall too like as a, as a organic yes. way to integrate like this is a, pl- a place where some people might get stuck so you've been seeing scrolling way. on the on the wall already anyway so if we put a scrawled arrow it there's a gameplay reason for there to be essentially a hint in the game reminding people who might not be sure oh by the way you should go this way because there are places in the game especially when you're going through the mechanicals where again if you're if your level first person uh shooter awareness is not good you could get yourself turned around and not quite understand especially since uh since GLaDOS is going, you're not even going the right way. Like all the time, I can imagine people believing that because yeah. you do get lost in that type of thing, and you've got the you know the arrows pointing you towards the t- to continue the game. I wanted to talk about
2: um, some of the other characters in the game, um, and uh, this may not be what you expect me to say, but uh, uh, maybe we could talk about the turrets. <laughs> yeah, because they are. He char- doesn't love
0: the turrets. They are characters. Yeah.
2: I don't hate you.
0: I don't hate
2: you. And I find them delightful because they talk and they say very strange things. And when you, and you, they're going to shoot you, so you have to do bad things to them. And then it's very sad because they yelp and they say sad things.
0: Please put me down.
2: I I love that. I love that the turrets, and they look, you know, interesting and almost. You know, like a more like a person than a or or, or or a person robot.
5: I love coming across the the special ones, and especially in Portal Two, where they have like the one, <sighs> the ones in the den that sing the little song. Oh. Did, did you ever hear? Did you come across that one? <laughs> background you hear this music and you're like what is that and you like go through and you find one of the rat dens and you're in there and then all of a sudden you find this area where there's three or four of them just singing a little song to themselves like in this little warehouse and it's adorable and then the one that you find on the platform right that like tells you all kinds of um, life-affirming slightly religious jargon because you saved it from being incinerated do you remember do you know what i'm talking about
4: i do
0: Prometheus was punished by the gods for giving the gift of knowledge to man. He was cast into the bowels of the earth and pecked by birds.
4: The defective the defective ones are yeah, even more please, bent than I'm the different. regular ones. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like I'm
5: different, save me. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm
2: different. Well, and I feel really bad for the Fran- the Franken-cubes that are the turrets that get kind yeah. of smooshed yeah. into cubes, and they're all messed oh, they're up, all and they're like, gets
4: a yeah. <laughs> They have little legs, and they try to squeeze themselves the along the ground until you can't. come close, and they tuck their legs in. They're cubes. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: they're, robot- they're turrets that have been turned into cubes. What a horrible idea. I don't know. Oh, <laughs>
4: like right off the bat and on the very first the very first uh level of Portal 1 they try to give the giant whatever the aperture science whatever giant red button they try to give that like a personality which obviously the buttons don't have a personality but by giving by giving ridiculous aperture science names to each one of these things you start mm-hmm. to get a picture of what this company is like they're not just about shower curtains anymore they they do all <laughs> sorts of things
1: science <laughs> yeah. You know, the original uh, script for Portal 2 was going to have, uh, you know, it, it ended up being very much Wheatley, Watley, how do you pronounce Wheatley? his name? Wheatley? Wheatley. Yeah, Wheatley. So it was like, you spend a lot of time with Wheatley, but the original version of it was going to have different levels with, like, the, the, the space sphere and the rodeosphere. What was the third one I'm, I'm spacing Adventure on spe- it?
4: Adventure sphere. Adventure uh, the, sphere, the, the food, yeah. The food yeah.
1: sphere? Core. food, sphere, food no, core?
4: Is it the adventure I don't core? Number.
1: Fact sphere. The fact. Sphere. Oh, the fact
4: sphere. Yes. The Schrodinger's cat paradox
1: outlines a situation in which a cat in a box
0: must be considered, for all intents and purposes, simultaneously alive and dead. Schrodinger created this
6: paradox as a justification for killing cats.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. I wish I. They just had so much personality. Like especially <laughs> the space sphere. So I want. I want a space. whole spin off game with just the space sphere. <laughs> Oh oh oh! This is space. I'm in space. We made it. We made it. We made it. We made it.
4: Space. I, I like the adventure one because he was a nice he was a nice match for Cave Johnson. Cave right. Johnson would have got along right. great with the Adventure Corps. <laughs> Do you hear that?
6: I think something just exploded. Man, we are in a lot of danger. This is like Christmas. No, it's better than Christmas. This should be its own holiday. Explosion Day. All right.
2: Let's t- let's talk about um let's talk about Cave Johnson. And uh, yeah. the, and the fifties. And we're we're getting into Portal Two here, but it's all kind of it's all goes together, man. Um, I, I loved I loved that whole section of the game, and we can talk about that too. How we we start Portal Two, and it's pretty familiar, uh, although we've got Wheatley as our companion, and then we've mm-hmm. got at the end, it's pretty familiar, although it's kind of skewed and and it's undercutting sort of what we expect, but it also
3: is what we expect a Portal. And they did the. Great thing of building that familiarity by having you play the first couple chambers yeah. from Portal again, right. except now they're all, you all know deteriorated up. and overgrown. And well, but they
4: they do like three flips because you start yeah. the game and you're like, well, okay, is Glados in this game or not? Because I've got this core thing and hit the you know. Wheatley is has enough personality that you could be like, I wouldn't be offended by playing a game with Wheatley as my companion because he's charismatic in a different way or whatever. Yeah. And then if, so that's one. Then they do the twist of like, oh, Gladys, she's still here, big surprise. But anyway, she is. So that's number two. And then number three is, oh, you thought you were going, it was going to be another game where you are just you versus Gladys. Actually, there's this whole other thing, you know. And then you fall down the big shaft, and then there's the cave Johnson, and then it all comes together. So they 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 kind of do it. I'm not saying they do it too many times, but they do. I think just enough twists mm-hmm. where. It's kind of like two, three, or four games in one, and each one gives you a different look. Just when you think you're getting a little bit tired of, all right, so am I just going to go through a series of levels of leave Oh, Gladys is back. All right, am I just going to go through a series of levels of her? No, actually, I'm not. And uh, Cave Johnson has its own progression, and then it all comes together in the end. It's a, it's a surprisingly rich structure for what is not a very long game. It's only long compared to Portal Two, but
3: you can get through uh, to get Portal One yeah. rather. They find a lot of ways to reinvent that formula,
4: right?
2: So oh, I love the I love the Cave Johnson section. For lots of reasons, I love that it's such a change in terms of the palette and the and the set design and everything. And we've got and and, and the the cut the loading screens change so that you know you end up with the history of logos of Aperture Science <laughs> through history, through through the decades, which is fantastic. That 70s Aperture Science logo is a thing of beauty and, and horror, but beauty. <laughs> um, and and, uh, and then we get the story of Cave Johnson, played uh, wonderfully by J.K. Simmons, and I really enjoy hearing his. It's it strains credulity a little bit that it's like yes we'll take this recording when he will occasionally have a side and bark them at people we'll just load that one in that part we're not going to edit it or anything
6: you're not part of the control group by the way you get the gel last poor son of a gun got blue paint (laughs) all joking aside that did happen broke every bone in his legs tragic but informative or so i'm told the lab boys just informed me that i should not have mentioned the control group they're telling me i ought to stop making these pre-recorded messages that gave me an idea. Make more pre-recorded messages. I pay the bills here. I can talk about the control group all damn day.
2: But still, it's it's telling his story, and it's also giving you that kind of amusing, like, "Oh, aperture's been around for a while. How did it get started? What you know? Why is it the way it is now?" And uh, while you're going through the kind of decrepit you know the underbelly of what was aperture back at the beginning and i just I, I love that section i think jk simmons is a riot and uh, i was really happy the entire time i was playing in there there was like the retro portal section I, it just was really enjoyable that was my favorite part of the game
1: every packs i go to i hope i can find like some exploding lemons to, to buy <laughs> and keep near my desk like that would be awesome
6: <laughs> all right i've been thinking when life gives you lemons don't make lemonade Make life take the lemons back. Get mad! I don't want your damn lemons! What am I supposed to do with these? Demand to see life's manager! Make life rule the day! It thought it could give Cave Johnson lemons. Do you know who I am? I'm the man who's gonna burn your house down with the lemons! I'm gonna get my engineers to invent a combustible lemon that burns your house down! <coughs>
1: I want to like I want to like have my people at GSX and like throw throw lemons at them just to just to psych them out. No, that that whole monologue was great. And finding out GLaDOS's backstory, I mean, it doesn't yeah. well, like yes. say explicitly who she is, but it sure does hint hint to it. You well, know? It,
2: it does at the very at the very end. It does because at the very end she says um, that uh, Carolyn has made me so so for those who just i don't know why they're listening if they they haven't played the game but (laughs) but but uh cave johnson's uh, uh assistant who he says in the end he's like she needs to run the company uh and you should put her in the computer instead of me if i die before you can put me in the computer uh carol carolyn carolyn caroline um at the end glado says
0: you know being carolyn taught me a valuable lesson i thought you were my greatest enemy When all along, you were my best friend. The surge of emotion that shot through me when I saved your life taught me an even more valuable lesson. Where Carolyn lives in my brain. Goodbye, Carolyn.
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's That's a nice moment. And then, of course, in the song in a in, uh, once you're gone it says that too so she's she's always carolyn is always uh there but it takes a while for it to dawn on you of what's of what's happening i think i mean you can read ahead maybe a little bit and figure it out but that's a really nice thing too as he's dying from moon
4: dust poisoning um <laughs> i thought i thought it was nice that the net na- the narrative that takes place in portal 2 where they reveal all these things like it was one of the few games where i didn't have to after completing portal 2 go to a site and look up like what you know, what, go to the what wiki happened? page and look up and look up what the real story is <laughs> because there was I was interested enough in the game to like look at every little thing because there's not too many things to look at, right? So you see the science fair, you see the potato, you see the names and stuff like that, and just through sort of the emotional arc, not so much the like the little little hints they gave you, but just the emotional arc of the game made it very clear to me what the relationship between Carol and GLaDOS and Chell was, or at least as far as I was concerned. And then I was just looking up to see if the the actual evidence on the wiki pages and all the fan sites confirmed what I what I in my heart believed to be true uh, the connection between them and it, it either it either didn't it either agreed with it or at the very least didn't disprove it so i definitely have my headcanon for this game and i think the headcanon is probably pretty co- close to what the real canon is you know i just like i like the realization and, and and the
2: best part of it is that i love that that all happens while glados is with you stuck to a potato <laughs> yeah. Because right. she, she's like not you are like oh my god I figured out the origin of GLaDOS. It's like no, she's right there going like, oh, that sounds familiar. I don't know. And and that adds a whole other layer to it, that, that she the potato GLaDOS is is you know stuck on your on your portal gun while you're learning her origin story that's and it's
4: retroactive continuity like the line i said at the at the opening of the show i chose it because that's a line from portal one but it makes it clear as far back as portal one that there is an emotional relationship between Chell and glados which doesn't make sense in the context of the portal one universe because you don't have any of the backstory but once you learned it in portal two sort of in in perhaps you know fun coincidental retroactive continuity you're like Oh, that that stuff she said in Portal 1 totally makes sense because why would why would Chell be breaking GLaDOS's heart by defeating her? Like there is obviously a relationship between these two uh personalities or entities and by the end of Portal 2 there is, you know, there is a present relationship and the past relationship is revealed and it all starts to make sense and you know, the beautiful ending of Portal 2 that we'll get to just sort of nails it all home and wraps the series uh, thus far up into a nice little bow.
5: Have you did you see the um did anyone find the secret uh, portrait of uh cave and carolyn together yep. i don't no. know where that is i had i hadn't come across it i knew about it from reading about the game but not i didn't find it in real life so it's but, in yeah. one of
3: the you have there's like one of the giant rooms there's a place where you can portal up to and there's just like there's a little side office with there and you get a little bit of extra dialogue from uh from gladys when you're in there about like this being more and more familiar
5: and i don't think it's yeah. a coincidence of what uh Carinlin looks like so. Yeah,
3: yeah. I think you hop up on a on a
2: on a box, and there's like a door that you can you can open from up on a box or something. Because I, I did see that, and there is more dialogue there.
3: I like also kind of all the little jokes along the way about. I mean, after having played all the Half Life games with with you know spending how many hours exploring all the like you know sprawling Black Mesa kind of bland corporate complexes, it's like all the like repeated little jokes about how Aperture Science is you know basically. Black Mesa's, you know, little runner-up, second place <laughs> It's even brother. on, like,
5: yeah, it's on the slides in the conference yeah. room. Like, how did it meet
3: Black Mesa? Yep, it's on their other plaques, and, you know, and they're just, it's, they have so much more character to them compared to, you know, and some of that is the technology that was available in terms of their level design, but, you know, Aperture Science looks like a more fun place to work for Yeah, if you, if you read Mesa. the
4: backstory that is on the wiki pages and perhaps not as well expressed in the game, the idea was that, like, they they had heard about something that Black Mesa was making, they said... I forget what it was, but it was like drainage ditches or, you know, something that it <laughs> drained. They said, we should make one like that, but also give it AI. And that was the Admitter the, of the GLaDOS project was like, we could take something that is, should never have artificial intelligence. Can we also make artificial intelligence? I wish I could remember what it does. Someone in the chat room should look it up. But it, like the the absurdity of... The idea, like that, the way we compete is to do these crazy things, fits perfectly with Cave Johnson. Once you, once you meet the man through his recordings, that, yes, that is essentially what they would do, and it is a really terrible idea, as everyone would find out once the neurotoxin started flowing.
2: I-, I want to talk about Wheatley briefly, just to give people an opportunity. Oh yeah. I, I so I have loved. Uh, my first podcast that I ever really loved was The Ricky Gervais Show, and one of the things that I really loved about it, everybody talks Carl Pilkington was kind of a breakout character, being himself very strange person. I always loved Stephen Merchant in The Ricky Gervais Show because what I loved about him was he didn't talk a lot, but whenever he would say something, it was just insane and insanely funny, and I just, I always liked, I always enjoyed Stephen Merchant. So to have him be a character and have him be this bumbling, helpful but not very helpful turn. You know, turned the villain of the story for a while, bumbling still, but villain. Uh, I, I just, I that infused so much humor into into the whole story, um, and I, I just, I thought it was a great bit of casting. And when we were talking um, uh, a couple episodes ago, I think we mentioned. Uh, I think it was maybe even the last episode we mentioned uh, uh, Destiny and uh, that wizard came from the moon and things like that. And I just I want to appreciate a really nice bit of casting that having Stephen Merchant as Wheatley. I really enjoyed him.
6: I'll wait. I'll wait one hour. Then I'll come back and assuming I can locate your dead body, I'll bury you. All right, brilliant. Go team. See you in an hour, hopefully. If you're not
1: dead. I thought he was really annoying at the beginning, and I hated <laughs> well, him. he
4: he is intentionally annoying, right? He's, but in, I found he's supposed annoying. to be right, insufferable, right? right, <laughs> right.
1: But but then you see him breaking down.
4: But but he's entertaining, don't you think?
1: Yeah yeah, I thought. I guess yeah. what I'm saying is my my gut reaction to him like good performances are nuanced, and you can you can watch them again and understand subtleties. My gut reaction to Wheatley was blech. Huh. You know, like uh, he just seemed really annoying. And then like as you go through the game and you like learn about you know his psychology and how like. You know, he feels like he could never, you know, get beyond this one single task. And then you see him fail and, like, have a very human response to not being able to live up to a job. And you see him breaking apart and this darkness, like, come over him. I thought it was just a a wonderful performance.
6: Ha! Was that your bullet, riddled bullet, flying out of the room? It went Oh those were the crap turrets, weren't they? Yeah. Well, no matter, because I'm still holding all the cards. And guess what? They're all full houses. Never actually played cards, meaning to learn.
2: Yeah, I mean he's meant to be I mean that character's meant to be bumbling and annoying at the beginning, so that it has a it has a place to go and it and it does it. But I do love I do love that character of um I, I, you know big dreams that they cannot live up to <laughs> that's, <laughs> right. that's, that's a nice character I,
4: I like the idea also that he like they do again they, they get away with a lot of twists in this thing because it like but they don't do the the easy way which is have someone who's with you in the beginning who you later find out the entire time was plotting to be the bad guy and as it turns out the bad guy is actually the good guy that is not what happens in portal 2 he, he did intend to be a good guy. It's just that when he got into that chassis, it's like, oh, all this power. Yeah. And I'm very smart now. So that was not his plan from the beginning. And the good guy is like, oh, actually, GLaDOS is my friend or whatever. No, not really. No. <laughs> you know, when, when she gets back in that thing, like, that that's what makes the ending poignant because... You know, Caroline deleted, right? You 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 think you you think you know what's up with these AIs, but you don't, because GLaDOS is is never going to be your super duper friend. And uh, Wheatley really <laughs> was trying to be a good guy, but just you you, you put him into that robotic frame and give him the, all this information, and just things things go wrong. Power's so power's going to corrupt. Yeah, and and it's it's a great uh, those few turns again in like a like a two hour game. They do those turns. You, normally, you could have those number of turns in like a. You know, hundred-hour Final Fantasy type game—they cram them into two hours. It's just a fairly good density of interesting and somewhat unexpected plot twists, all of which feel honest and sort of human, which is weird to say when you're thinking about AI. But
1: can somebody make me a T-shirt that says "Gladys is never going to be your super duper friend"? <laughs> like that should be the episode <laughs> title. That is But, but she may not that kill is you. Which she is may is not, you she not, you not for kill you. Never going to be
2: pals. <laughs> Let's talk. Let's talk about. Um, we've been talking a lot about upside, and uh, we should talk a little bit about what the uh, what uh, our our maybe our criticisms and negative feelings about about Portal are. Brianna, you want to uh, jump in?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, this game is a, a masterpiece. If I recall correctly, I think it got a ten back on GameSpot when it came out. I may be remembering that wrong, but we we all agree that this game is a masterpiece. So, you know, this is this is just nitpicking. Um. I think Portal 2 is a much stronger game from a narrative point of view. I think mechanically, Portal 2 is a weaker game than Portal 1. Um, yeah, Portal 1, the mechanics of it basically came from an indie game. That you know, Valve saw and they saw the potential in it, and you know they basically bought it and turned it into part of the Orange Box and basically expanded the idea. And if you look at Portal Two, um, you know the new uh, gel mechanic is something very similar to that. That they 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 saw an indie right. game and they kind of took mm-hmm. that mechanic and put it on there. You know, I have to say, um, I thought those puzzles were fun. I I I enjoyed. Portal 2, but I felt like that particularly did not... It didn't feel as organic with it, Uh, and I actually think the later half of Portal 2 is actually kind of weak, because I think most of the puzzles come down to this... This frustration factor where you find yourself with the portal gun and you're going, okay, what is the part of this room that's covered in moon dust paint? So you find yourself shooting portals everywhere, just waiting for something to stick. Very often, way, 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 way out in the distance, just like hoping to find this one little tile. And it's it was to me it was very reminiscent of this. Um, do you guys remember in the the eighties when you would play these uh, you know adventure games? It would very much be a pixel hunt. <laughs> you, like oh, yeah, try yeah. to find the exact what the hot spot I
2: can click on. That mm-hmm.
1: exactly, and um, I, I I still think this was was well done. But I feel like it was, it was weaker. Let me double up on that. I, I, one of the things that struck me, and, and I know
2: this is, again, it's funny for me to say this as somebody who doesn't play a lot of games and doesn't mind that this was easier, and I totally get the conceit of the fact that these are test levels. So the whole point of them is that there's a solution. But after a while, I did find myself being disappointed that every time there's an angled wall you you drop through a portal onto a portal on the angled wall and will be flung exactly where you need to go and i started and i started to think i get i get why they 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 explain why this is because these are test portals but it didn't it didn't feel organic to me and it and it felt not dangerous enough i like I wanted there to be angled walls that didn't fling me anywhere Mm -hmm. or flung They don't give you a
3: lot of false leads. Right, right? or that
2: were three wide and if you you put it on the the left side you would be safe but on the right side you would die. They do a
4: little bit of alignment but the -hmm. the main challenge that Portal 2 has is can you make a longer game, especially for players who have played Portal 1 where they don't get tired of doing the same thing and that's what gets into what Tony was saying is that like throughout the whole length of Portal 2 the way they're trying to stave off boredom or repetition is by gradually adding Stuff. new mechanics and when you when you gradually have those new mechanics they don't remove the old ones so like the angled walls with with uh you know putting a portal on them those are still there just because it assumes you've learned that and it's a given but hopefully on that level there's something new like something you knew you're doing with the gel or something
3: new where you're doing with those little whatever they are, those little glowy walls or the yeah. tubes or whatever i mean it and is so- a little weird from a puzzle design because like in every chamber it's like you're going to use every kind of interactive part of it right you're going to use right. every angled wall and every laser beam and things like that yeah. there's no extra pieces right well,
4: like on some of the levels though it does give you a fairly wide open white space to mm-hmm. put the portal and you do have to be some like portal 2 got better about letting you place portals on walls and mm-hmm. sort of like non-integral positions such but there's never you- like Buttons you don't need or
3: but, cubes but like, you're not gonna use. There,
2: there's, a, there's a level late in Portal 2 where there is one angled wall and that's the one you have to obviously slingshot yourself through to get to the part on the other side. It is exactly timed for that, and that's how it works. And there is a ramp and it's very and there's orange gel, and you're like, Well, I know how this works. And on one level it's like, Great, I know how this works. I need to figure out how to spray the orange gel on the ramp and I can jump over it. And the ramp is the ramp is not the the puzzle, the ramp is the, the what you're solving for and yet I, I kept feeling like really every single item that is out of whack here slightly is, is going to be used in the solution. Like I never had a question. The ramp was going to be part of the solution. The, you know, the angled wall was going to be part of the solution.
4: Yeah. Well, but that's the type of type of game it is. I mean, you mentioned, yeah. you can see it supports that, but like the other thing is they're trying not to give you a dead end. It's like the, the directive in, in Mario games that basically like there should be, there should be no way that you can get yourself into a situation where the only way out is to restart the level. Yeah. You Either you're going to die and I did it will respawn you someplace in else. I did that in Portal 2. Or... I,
2: I did actually. That did actually happen I, to me.
4: But what that, well, that's what they're trying to prevent by sort of the conservation of items or, or, and stuff like that is like never let the person... Get into a situation where they can't finish level either by activating something and like oh, now you can't take it back or oh, now you have no way to wash off sure. that gel or anything like that. That's part of just, you know, good puzzle design for, to avoiding frustration in sort of the modern age of gaming. In the old days, they didn't care. They would say, screw you, get stuck, start the whole game over. Right? I don't know, I'd, but, I'd,
2: like, I'd like an extra angled wall or two so I have to actually look and think that... Um, which one of these is going to point me at a place I want to go. But I mm-hmm. literally I didn't have to do that because I knew it would put me somewhere.
4: There are weaker levels and stronger levels. Like some of the levels where you're just kind of passing through sort of like an atrium mm-hmm. where there is kind of a minor puzzle to make progress. Really the thing that's happening there is like some long voiceover and like not it's not like test chambers, because once you get into the Cave Johnson part, it's not like you're going from one chamber to the next. The test chamber is easier to lay out and then a satisfying puzzle in this sort of traveling through the underground sometimes you're just traveling through and sometimes it's you know all right well there's some minor puzzle that i have to, to do to move on to the next thing but this is not a chamber and like especially in those parts with the with the gels flowing everywhere i'm not entirely sure of this but i'm pretty sure the very first time i played this which was a long time ago i saw some of those puzzles in sort of the the non the non standard way often making it harder for myself than the actual solution is but there are multiple ways to solve a lot of those because once you have the gel and you could spray everywhere you can solve them in ways that don't involve for example the one random angle wall hanging out there because you can put all this these gels jump. over here and, and when pu- in and doubt paint the in whole room yeah,
3: uh-huh. yeah right it's yeah. fun to paint those rooms the gels change the formula for it a little bit in a way that i think some people might feel weird about because i think a lot of the really good portal puzzles are like figuring out the solution and implementing it like there's not a big gap there right like implementing it is pretty easy and it's not reliant on on timing whereas with the gel ones it's like the solution is not obvious. I'm just going to start kind of throwing stuff at the wall by spraying gel everywhere and stumble across something. But, but there's more than one solution. Like, if, if, or if I do see what the solution is, it's like, well, now I'm going to have to, you know, put gel everywhere and put paint everywhere for a while. Whereas other places, it's a little bit more kind of like rapid to kind of get from solution to implemented solution.
5: What would have the observing scientists would have said if you were an actual test subject in those chambers, just flinging paint everywhere like a lunatic? You know, they
4: sometimes would think you, you got to throw science at the feces. wall and see what sticks. <laughs> yeah, it, it exactly. washes off with water after. Outdoors. That's why it's they use
2: human t- test subjects yeah. now and not and
3: not the apes that they previously used. <laughs> I I have to say I was a little disappointed in Portal Two in terms of the level of challenge. Right? I mean, I never really felt really stuck or challenged. And I think they they do a good job with kind of the co op part of Portal Two is I think a lot more challenging because the complexity is increased because now you have two characters and you can have you have puzzles that require four portals and lots of timing and things like that. But it's this kind of tacked on like. There is kind of a story to the co-op, but it's not the same, you know, engaging, interesting story that you have for the campaign. So I'm guessing there's probably a lot of people that have played Portal 2 and have never played the co-op part of Portal. Um, And, you know, you're not missing out on a lot in terms of story, but you are missing out on some interesting challenges as far as the puzzles go.
4: There are videos of people solving all, all the different rooms in Portal 2 in extremely exotic ways, either by, for example, not using items that seem to be necessary but really aren't, or using momentum in ways sort of not intended by the game designer. And that is sort of the metagame within Portal and Portal 2, especially once the gels come in, because you can solve a level without without doing the prescribed things involving very difficult first-person moves of, like, throwing cubes through things and flinging yourself through a series of portals. And uh, there is that extra level of the game. It's just that that isn't required. Like, you can do it the easy way, and it works. The only reason you're doing it the hard way is to make it harder for yourself. Yeah. I mean, no Portal sort of and Portal 2
3: are crazy for people who do speed runs, but that's like, that's not kind of the game that's there. That's a game you can play with portal two, but that's not the game as intended.
1: I I think that co-op mode of portal two is, is well done for what it is, but I think it, I think it really betrays the, the spirit of portal. And I, I think you have to really look at that era of gaming when Portal 2 came out and kind of, you know, put into some historic context. You know, this is a time where, uh, in order to combat used game sales, uh, Electronic Arts had started to institute a $5 fee to access multiplayer, to kind of recoup these fees. And, you know, a lot of games had had a, um, a multiplayer mode kind of tacked on in order to, you know, like, oh, no, don't take my game back, don't sell it, like, keep... Me, I promise. There's gonna be content coming, which you know Portal Two followed up with. Um, I know you, Jason. I have to push back and kind of disagree with you a bit on the difficulty level, just because I know so many people whose kind of gateway drug into gaming was Portal, and um, I would actually I think it was pretty much the perfect difficulty. Uh, I agree. I I agree. The conceits, yeah. yeah, I feel like at the end of Portal
2: Two, having it be a little bit. More less of a converse, uh a conservation of features in a room that you have to think about it a little more is probably not uh, upping the difficulty too much at that point because it felt it I, it felt kind of samey to me. Believe me, I I can't believe I'm making this argument because I love I love sure, the, sure. the <laughs> level of difficulty of Portal, but but I it, sure, even for me it sure. was like oh this again um, a few times when right, we got right. all the way to the end. It's like shouldn't it be getting harder here. Shouldn't I have to guess about whether this is the right thing to jump through? But instead, it's like nope, just jump. It'll take you somewhere good. And it would. Sure,
1: sure. Always. And and that's fine. Like I don't agree, but that's yeah, right. that's fine. Uh, but but where it feels incongruous to me is with Portal to Co-op, which my husband and I call divorce mode. <laughs> because <laughs> it is it is so unbelievable like Portal is a game, it's one of these rare games I really look for with for, for Frank who isn't a pfft, let's destroy everything like he, he i got him captain tote
2: frank and i need to hang out more i think frank and i have you a would, lot in common you
1: would, oh my god like just for TLS <laughs> we'll, we'll
2: watch some star trek we'll play some gentle games ball too.
3: Yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah but it's the difficulty spike is so high where it's really a game that only expert players can get through because like you're not just dealing with like suddenly you have four portals and you're trying to communicate with people across an internet connection and there are many more speed puzzles and i just i i think that it's a great game for what it is but i think it lacks The accessibility that makes Portal such a beautiful, perfect example of game design. Yeah, I think it really kind of betrays that casual audience. And I think it's sad that there's an entire layer of Portal that, you know, a lot of the audience is just simply never going to get to explore. Um, And I I think you can look at some examples of game design, like um, the last Lara Croft in the uh, Temple of Osiris. This is a game that hasn't gotten a lot of press, but it is a really, really good example of multiplayer, where the puzzles change for one, two, or three players. And because of that, it's accessible to players of vastly different levels of skill. And I just think that uh, this masterpiece of a game did not handle that mode particularly skillfully.
2: Tony you played the co-op mode didn't you
3: yep weren't you what what do you think about it uh I mean I think you know it it i mean you can only play it with one other person there's right. no flexibility right it the, it's the not correct number is one you it's can't chaotic. play it by yourself right yep. you know you can't play it with two other people um i mean i think it does an okay job in terms of like we're going to throw some more complicated puzzles at you um i think a lot of people's experiences will be shaped by what that person they're collaborating with is because for example if you know if you're playing with somebody who is more comfortable with Portal than you and is going to kind of run ahead and tell you what to do for everything, like, that's not going to be a satisfying experience, right? Um, I mean, I think, you know, I, I played it with, um, I think, different parts of it with different people. They did, a, I think it, it, there was like an add-on to the second, the multiplayer that got released at some point. I played that with a different person than I played the first part. And, you know, in the ideal experience, like, it's a good collaboration. And I don't know, I'm really into puzzles and I work on a lot of puzzles, you know, they're non-video game related and it's fun to work with somebody else, but... It's fun when it's a collaboration and when people go back and forth and, you know, somebody's able to contribute something and somebody else is able to, you know, build on top of that. But, I mean, I've played lots of um, collaborative games, um, you know, that have not gone well. I'll never forget a particularly bad experience where I was playing a game of Neverwinter and, like, I got lost and I showed up at the big boss fight and, like, the big boss was dead and my friend had, like, already opened the portal back to town and left. <laughs> and it was like, so I just showed up at this murder scene and all the loot is gone. And it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. So, you know, but that's more about the, you know, who you're playing with and how that's kind of facilitated than the game itself. Um, All right. But, you know, it's weak as far as, you know, it's this tacked on kind of side story, right? And, you know, there's, you play as these two funny little robots and that's kind of fun. And they're they're a little bit more, more Gladys, but the, you know, the heart is not there. It is a lot more about the puzzles and the mechanics of the puzzles, um, which, you know, pales compared to the, you know, the delightful story that you get in Portal 2.
4: Well, you're not invested in the in the two robots, though. Like no, the they're totally disposable. They do disposable. kind of have a, a story, and there is a plot point reveal at the end of the co-op thing. But you're not you don't embody them in the way that you embody
3: Chell when you play. There's the even game. kind of the joke they get disassembled and then reassembled at the beginning and end of every level. Right? They're like they're totally disposable. Well, it's
4: like the Star Trek transporter.
3: Yeah.
1: I
5: I completely uh, agree about there's not being a lot of heart in it. But at the same time, it is really nice to play because you're like, I just want a little bit more portal sometimes, you know, because the (laughs) games are so short. You just need a little bit. It's like, I just want to get that last chocolate from the fridge. You know, that's what it feels like. So I played with – somebody from i think he's from germany underscore N D underscore he just like answered my call out on twitter i'm like i need to play this quick get over here
2: well the underscore family is a it's a a, that's a good (laughs) thing i don't know
5: know if they're related uh it's underscores german cousin um but no it
3: was
5: it was really fun playing with him and we had both never played before even though it's like you know years later since it's been released so um Mm -hmm. Like it is, just it's uh, it's portal dessert. That's pretty much what mm-hmm. it is.
3: Yeah, it's a really different experience, right? Because when you're playing the single player, like you're alone with, you know, Wheatley and Gladys and and Cave Johnson. Whereas, you know, I would have Im- when I've played the multiplayer, it's like kind of nonstop back and forth banter and like, oh, what if we put a portal over here? What if we port? It's a very different game experience, mm-hmm. right?
5: Yeah, yeah, it's not the meat and potatoes that Portal is. No. It is, it's a little, you know, something, something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to mention my son. Uh, is no longer obsessed with Portal, but for a long time he was obsessed with Portal, and he was not obsessed with Portal from playing it. And he plays Minecraft, and he plays Terraria, and 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 you know he in he is now 3D game literate, and I think if he played Portal now, he would have no problem with it at all. Um, although he'd have to maybe scratch his head at, at some of the puzzles, but I think I think he would he would. Um, enjoy it. He and my daughter tried to play the co-op and they got like three levels and they're like, yeah, forget this. They went back to Minecraft, but he was obsessed with portals because he loved the concept. And there was maybe when he was in third grade, Every day walking him to school, the entire conversation was about how much easier it would be to get to school if we could only make a portal. <laughs> and and, and we would talk about various ways you could use the portal and other places you could go with the portal. And do you put the portal outside in the school or do you put it inside? If you put it inside, could people walk into our house from the other side of the portal? We had long conversations. So I will always think about portal and think about the fact that my son um, really wants a portal gun and unfortunately... You know there isn't one yet. Maybe he'll invent one. But uh, we, do you have we, a
1: plan to mine moon dust? Because uh, that would be the hard part of that. I think don't eat yeah. it.
2: Just mine I, you know. It. So so the last the last um, the last boss battle in Portal Two, uh, I I really enjoyed it. But I I especially enjoyed the very end mm-hmm. as the ceiling comes down and the moon is exposed and you can see outside for the first time. And the last act you have to perform is to shoot a portal gun. On the moon, um, and and there's a delay as it goes before it goes engages. Uh, I, I just I thought that was such an awesome uh, kind of thinking outside of all the scope of this game up to now. So simple a moment, and yet uh such a wonderful moment i really i really enjoyed that
4: last and, that's and a then, great example of a game on rails because yeah, oh yeah it, it shoves your viewpoint up there it mm-hmm. puts the thing in your face it is like it is in, in in many ways taking away player agency and yet it does not feel like they're taking away player agency because they have so masterfully constructed a game and a universe to engage you that that as soon as you get knocked backwards and the ceiling comes open it's not it's not unreasonable for the moon to be visible because in a game they want to put something interesting you know like the same reason you come up next to the moon liner, because they want to have some visual interest Right. right. and it immediately occurs to, I've never heard of someone getting up to that point and not knowing what to do yeah. like yes. and it feels like it feels like it occurred to you as oh aren't I clever that you know, aren't I clever? Isn't the game clever? Like you feel a satisfaction of having solved something when in reality what happened is they shoved your cursor onto the <laughs> moon. Right? Like and they gave you no other options. Like it is it is such a subversion of taking away player agency while at the same time making the player feel like they figured it out. And it is a clever idea and it is done in a nice little animation. In some ways I do feel like it's a little bit of a cheat where like you know once you see the strings, you're like, "Boy, that really just you know rubbed my nose in it, but the first time I played it, I just felt like that's brilliant and I'm brilliant, yeah. and this game is brilliant, and
3: it's story payoff too i mean and, it's you know, yeah. and the whole game is about making you feel clever or brilliant right, and so they're they're gonna really put a cherry on top of it with that last thing there. <laughs> and the best
4: the best thing is they set it up so that you have to put a portal underneath. You know, the, at that mm-hmm. point, Weasley, you have yeah. to do that to do the earlier part of the game, which sets you like. You can't get it into as far as I know. You can't get into a situation where the other portal isn't already set at the time you're appointed at the moon. So you never get into a situation where you're like, well, if you had forgotten to put that portal there, then your revelation is undercut by the fact that you realize you need to put a second portal underneath. I'm pretty sure it's always underneath by that point. Yeah, you got, you got to, that's how you, that's how you do the last thing with him.
1: So I think we have to talk about one last thing with this game, which is, uh, you the ending songs by Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I have someone who I only like electronica, EDM, and I, I like some rap, but generally speaking was kind of like folksy, like one dude with guitar playing something. It's like, maybe it's because I grew up in Mississippi, but it just like hits some part of my brain. <laughs> I, I hate it. I hate it. I it's hate it so banjos. much. Like, illogically. <laughs> He's a liberal yeah, elite. Is, what are you talking about? I went to I Yale. Heard, yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like this, both of these songs, um, Jason, I actually had the same experience is you, that when um, this game came out, I said Orange Box, I'm oh, the first person shooter I don't give a frack, you know um, and I actually just skipped Portal completely, despite all the accolades and acclaim, I'm just like, nope uh, and then I heard someone singing uh, the, the Portal song in rock band because they released it as a free track and i'm like that's a really moving fun track i want to know more about that game and then you know steam came to os 10 and uh you know i downloaded it and it was it was a blast it was a wonderful game now these update and make a beautiful So, um, I just, I think that these songs, both of them, are, there's just something about them that is is so emotional and moving, but they're also really catchy and well done. And it's like, I, I downloaded other albums of his, hoping I'd like it. I hate it, they're terrible. Aww. But, like, both of these songs are just so awesome. Oh, how we laughed and laughed,
0: except I wasn't laughing under the this- surface is a
1: Just I think they're part of what makes this a masterpiece because you get to the end and then like you have this really touching musical number with like turrets singing to you and it's magical.
3: And the first one, like, you beat Gladys and then she sings to you, right? I mean, that—that that is, there's so many things in video games where it's like, I'm doing this thing that I've done before. I've never beat a boss and then had a boss sing to me over the end credits. That was new.
4: And it continues the story. It's not like the yeah, game yeah. ends. and It's not like, oh, here's a song reviewing what you've done in the game. No, the song continues the game. The song reinforces the game. It informs the game. It like It is as integrated into the game. Like I, I don't know what the creative process was. I imagine that he played through a rough cut of the game first, and then he made the song about it. But there's, in, information is added in the songs. I think content he was given emotion. kind of
3: a summary of the story, because yeah, I, I and, think I read an interview with him about it.
4: And, and content and emotion is added by the song. So it's not like... Uh, you know, I like a good credit sequence too, and a lot of times it's just like kind of reviewing what you've done in the game. This continues the game, especially still alive, which is just again another another jab in the side from GLaDOS, Like great victory, haha! And then it's like, no, I'm still alive. Uh, uh, when you're dying, yeah. I'll, st- I'll be still alive, and when you're dead, I'll be still alive. You know, like <laughs> it, she's like exi- You know, starting with this was a triumph, refusing to admit defeat despite the fact that she just blew up, and I want you gone. with uh, some you know? Capping off the emotional note of of the end of Portal Two, which we haven't talked about, and I do want to talk about uh, the song. The song is part of the ending. You can't say, "Well, now I'm not interested. I'm not going to watch the credits and it's over." You have to watch, and not because there's some little scene at the end with each, you know, Indian food or whatever. But Nick, it's Nick like Fairy appears. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's no, it's a capper, and, and it, they're in character, and they've got
2: the same humor that's in the in the game, and uh, and I love them both uh I, I love them both uh, and in I, I enjoy listening to the various versions of them the game versions and other versions that have been done and 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 once you're gone is great because first off it's a tough act to follow to to follow still alive which you know it became quite a little uh a hit in some circles and yet because of the way it's done and it addresses the story points and it's so perfectly GLaDOS, too that it's you know um it's not even you win it's just look okay I won't kill you. Go away. Um, oh, but, which but which is your victory, right? Your victory is she's not going to even try to
4: kill you now. Just go away. But but the underlying. So let's talk yeah, about let's the end. So the, the, yep. the, my my theory of how all of these all are all connected is very obvious to me is that, you know, Caroline was put into the computer. Uh, Chell is Caroline's daughter, probably adopted And the whole hang-up that GLaDOS has with with Chell is a mother-daughter relationship where the AI is malevolent and wants to kill all humans, but something in her feels an attachment to this girl because it it was her daughter. And so the whole thing of, like, you know, Caroline deleted, but then why not kill Chell? It's like, well, the easiest thing to do is really to let you go because every time I try to kill you, it's really hard. No, it isn't. Like, And as soon as he sends her up, you think, like, well... That makes some kind of logical sense. She does this little speech. You're like, well, maybe this it does make sense. She deleted Caroline. Now she's a malevolent. She's just decided the best way to get rid of me is to remove me. But as you go up the elevator, the turrets sing to you in Italian with lyrics that, call you know, talk about my baby and my little girl. Like it is the oh. the, the, ma- the mechanical manifestation of Aperture Science expressing the emotion that the little, you know, curved head of GLaDOS can't say, which is actually you're my daughter and I love you and I can't kill you. Uh, I just need to remove you and want you gone is kind of like a I'm never going to admit to you that I'm not killing you because I love you really what I'm going to tell you is like really now I just want you gone uh, it's it's kind of like the, the the GLaDOS herself can't say these things to Chell but the whole of Aperture Science can say it through you know through through the singing and through the removal and everything and she gets chucked out the door and the door is closed behind her and she's out into this strange world uh, it's and you know and then you get the credit song which which you think is saying i i just wanted to get rid of you i I didn't feel anything for you really just uh, you know and just need to get rid of you, which is not you know that I think the little you know and with the giant uh animal striped turret way in the background, which is great uh singing that little song to you is that one one of the one of the most memorable moments of any game i think and it's a cut scene you know just the just that ending trip up the elevators and realizing that uh, that GLaDOS really does love me,
2: hmm. mommy. Oh,
5: no, as someone said in the chat room, which I totally agree with, once that door is closed, after, you know, you're kicked out of the facility, and you're in the big field of wheat and everything, you turn around, you're like, I just kind of want to go back, you know, like, Uh you do have that feeling someone totally nailed it in the chat room and said that. And I was like, Yes, that is exactly how I felt. Like, you kind of want to go. You're like, Oh, thank God, freedom. But I have a choice now. And I kind
2: of want to go back in. But
4: that's maybe as me. Plus, the, the combine devastated the earth, so you don't want to hang out there anyway.
2: Well, I like throw, throwing the cube out at you and cl- slamming the door is, is the <laughs>
4: and stay out moment. Well, but I, I, here's how I read that one. The cube is thrown out and you're like, and stay out. But what I read it as is, and I know you have an attachment to this cube. So here's yeah, your story. Your yeah. sending you your teddy bear, trying to make You'll it seem like it's big, like, bad, real yeah, trying to make it seem like, oh, and take your stupid toy too. But really, it's like, I know you're going to need your teddy.
1: Do you guys ever wonder how they're going to start Portal 3? Because I wonder about that uh, a lot. I, so I try this not to think about it
4: because I don't think you need to have a Portal 3, I think. Uh, I think you need to have Half-Life 3 first at the very least.
1: <laughs> I hear it's in development from friends, so that's what that's well, yeah, no, that's sure, the rumor I mean, mill. Right. How could it so, not be in development? Okay. <laughs> right, exactly. Exact so my theory is it's gonna be like the movie Aliens, where like Chell is waking up in the middle of the night and she's having flashbacks, and then <laughs> like her companion cube is there on the floor and she strokes it. She says, And you you little blank, you're staying right here, and then like she and the Marines from Half-Life, like go they have to go back to take over aperture science they have to go back does we'll go she on.
4: have to shave her head because of lice or no
5: yes. well, or it's an origin All story and it's like baby Chell. she's like going around crawling you have to make portals. the potato battery
4: mm-hmm. at the science fair
5: yeah it's like an extra <laughs> season on your favorite show you're like really you didn't need to do that
1: right
4: I mean he, she could go and rescue Gladys. Gladys, like, you know, gets into a jam with uh, having to do with the events of Half-Life Three and she has to Gladys go. Gladys doesn't and, need to be rescued. Come I on. know. Well you would think she needs to be rescued and then you'd get her and she'd try to kill you again. No. <laughs> only from she only needs to
5: be rescued from birds.
2: Maybe there's another AI <laughs> problem in, you know, somewhere else or in space or something like that, and you just apply hey! the
4: <laughs> space and
2: you apply the portal, you know, technology to another another setup and don't go back into well
4: so so how do you add a new mechanic if you do portal three like portal one was very simple and had one or two mechanics portal two added pretty much every mechanic they could think of to 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 pad out a two-hour game you you can't add you can't like now double again the number of mechanics well there were
3: mechanics that they cut so there are there are mechanics that you know they tested and didn't you know didn't like so maybe they can polish that off. There was in the original like indie game that became Portal, there was the mechanic where you could shoot portals through yeah, portals.
4: I, I was going to ask Jason when you had the conversations with your son, did he ever ask why can't you or would it be cool if you could shoot? Because I remember playing Portal 1 and being
3: frustrated that you couldn't shoot a, th- a portal through a portal. I think probably a lot of users probably got confused by that. So.
4: Oh, yeah, no, I I, exactly, I understand both from a technical perspective why they didn't do that in terms of uh, draw distances and, mm-hmm. and, you know, in the the time that Portal 1 but was made. But you still made. want it, John, I and, understand. And from a mental perspective of, like, if you let me do that, I can break these levels into a million pieces because <laughs> they'll, they'll just shatter in a hall of mirrors and I'll, you'll never find your way back. It'll be like the end of Interstellar.
1: I don't know. I think I think if you look at the, the indie game scene, like, you know, there's more innovation on ideas than there, there was when... When either of these games came to fruition, I, if it were me, I would scrap the gel mechanic. I would, I would look forward. I think yeah. it's, I think it didn't work well. I, I, I thought it was good. I thought it was. I think it's something you should probably revisit for maybe a level. You know, I, I think it's, it's really going to be key to find something new you know like the it, it would be very sad if portal became a call of duty <laughs> you know you don't um, want a portal a year forever yeah <laughs> right. just portal after right, portal right, yeah right.
4: no there's not the mechanics aren't enough to support that but like i think you could take advantage of modern technology and do more things that rely on on the more uh, better physics that we have these days
3: better fidelity physics sure. you could probably do a whole series of levels with weird gravity right um, yeah, or, or,
4: or, or like time the, you controls. Were, you ever played the Swapper? Right? Any of you guys? What was it? Yeah, yeah the, yeah. the Swapper was an interesting mechanic that seems like it's. right. I mean, obviously, it, it's after Portal, so it's. I'm sure it's partially inspired by Portal. But Portal was kind of not the dawning of a of a, a an upswing in indie creativity, but like like Bree said, now uh, indie games with very clever, interesting mechanics they're they're all over the place compared to where they were. That's what that's why Portal was so amazing. It's like Everything was just, you know, Quake 1, 2, 3, Doom, Half-Life, you know, uh, Battlefield 1942 or whatever, and then, you know, Portal was like this, this shining light, and now there's tons of games like that, and a lot of them have implemented mechanics that would have fit right in in Portal 2 or 3, but of course now somebody else did them, so... I'm not quite I sure. I think like
1: you were saying, John, about the the technical problems. You know, Source, uh, I'm not as big an expert in Source as Unreal, obviously. But, um, you know, Source is an engine that's really showing its age. And, you know, I was actually very surprised with the amount of polish they managed to get on it for, for Portal 2 to look as good as it does. So, you know, I think that there's... You know, I don't know if the answer for Portal Three would be to take Source apart and give it like yet another coat of paint and you know new, you know a whole new ability to do shaders and modern techniques for for surfaces. You know, even though Portal isn't really a a game that depends on snazzy graphics, but um, I think your 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 point about technical limitations for the first two games, I, I think that's very well said.
2: I, my my only idea I'm going to throw out for a Portal Three is. I actually think uh, you know uh, some of the gel stuff I could live without, but I would love a paint gun that paints the white, the white moon dust paint, so that you ha- so that you have to think about where to put your portal in some place. But why I mean, would just paint everything? Then just paint the wall. whole room. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's if you go crazy. But I said I like paint painting things, right? I enjoy painting things. I could paint the whole <laughs> damn room and be like, "This is a beautiful room," and then I would win the level and move on.
3: That could happen. That, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't know. It could be interesting. What if they gave me like a machine gun and then there's like guys I shoot. Maybe they're zombies. Maybe idea. they're Nazis. <laughs> they're going to have to run with that one. That's, I feel like that's something I, have, I haven't gotten to do that yet. That sounds exciting. Well,
5: Jason can play as Ratman and just like go around planting all the murals. Well, what if my guns could gain experience and I could upgrade the guns and they would level? <laughs> but I have special tables where I can only do it in certain areas,
2: which is completely unrealistic. I want to program the turrets. That's what I want to do for the next game. Just program the turrets send them out see what they do it'll be like a tower defense game with it's turrets d- a dungeon
4: keeper i like the fact that ai's love paradoxes that's a star a star trek ism oh yeah there. oh yeah yeah, know, yeah 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 i can't resist paradoxes that, that is a beautiful moment and, where glados's
2: whole plan of defeating wheatley is doing a captain kirk on wheatley all oh right Paradox idea didn't work. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a beautiful moment. As a fan of of uh, confounding Star Trek and androids, I thought that was really good.
4: <laughs> oh, I think a final thing I'll we'll send these all to Jason for the show notes. But pretty much every line that GLaDOS Wheatley and the Cores and Cave Johnson say are available on the. Uh, the portal wiki.com with audio (laughs) files. And there's two things about that. One, there are so many good lines. And if you only play through the game once, you probably don't hear all of them. So you should check these out. And two, if you play the audio for them, you realize how much the line readings lose when they're not played over the top of the music. It's Uh like, you know, star Wars without Williams type thing where you watch a movie without the soundtrack and you realize, Boy, the soundtrack is carrying a lot of the weight of this thing. I mean, you might think back and say, Portal, did that even have music in the background? It totally did, because as soon as you hear these lines read right without music, they sound like they're missing something, because you, you remember room
2: tone, them. too. There's a lot of room tone, a lot of echo yeah. in these chambers, a lot of reverb.
4: Yeah. And especially in the final battle, like in Portal One, with all the the, the zingers oh. she's sending at you, the music is like, uh, you Super know, timed pretty well with, with the pacing of like removing the cores and dumping them in the an incinerator, and then she says the particular lines. She she has some great lines that we we could end on picking favorite lines that uh, that GLaDOS says. You, could you add are a horrible person. <laughs> That's what it says here. A horrible
1: person. We weren't even <laughs> testing for that. <laughs> I love that so
4: much. All right. Well,
2: I think we have reached the end.
1: I feel like I feel like we were very comprehensive.
2: I'm going I feel to, like we covered that. I'm going to portal everybody into space now. Space, what? <laughs> um, I would like to thank my my excellent panel. This was a lot of fun, and it was fun uh, revisiting Portal, too. Uh, Tony Sindelar, thank you so much for being here. This was a triumph.
4: <laughs> <sighs> you're, you, you're calling him first every all. time, and he takes the obvious ones, yep. right?
2: Yep. Brianna Wu, it's pleasure to have you back. We should have you uh, back
1: again soon. I'm making a note here. Huge success.
2: Excellent. Tiffany Arment, thank you so much for being back on. It was great.
1: I'm not prepared with a quote.
5: All right. You're a horrible person. Horrible person.
2: We'll cut all this out. No one knows about (laughs) this. There's no recording of it. No. It's just for us. And John Syracuse. Thank you, as always. Okay. Look, we both said a lot of things that you're going to regret. (laughs) And thanks to everybody out there for listening. We will see you next time. But believe me, I am still alive. Two plus two is ten.
4: In base four, I'm fine. That was my favorite line from Portal One. (laughs) I can't do it justice. You should put in the recording of it.
0: Uh, You think you're doing some damage? Two plus two is
1: ten. In base four, I'm fine. That's, That's easy for me to believe. That's easy <laughs> for me to cuz I
4: laughed out loud when I was playing because you know there's the stutter with the static and everything. I think my <laughs> first laugh out loud line is when
0: Unbelievable you subject name here must be the pride of subject from town here.
4: But one and Replaying Portal 2 one of my favorites was uh
0: You are navigating these test chambers faster than I can build them. So feel free to slow down and Do whatever it is you do when you're not destroying this facility.
4: Lots of, you know, semi-fourth-wall-breaking understanding. Mm -hmm. Like, it seems like all you do, Chell, is pretty much destroy this facility. (laughs) I have to fix it. That's our relationship. There's a great moment
2: um, where in one of the chambers toward the end, if you step on the catapult by accident, um, you're flung up against the monitor that Wheatley is looking at you in.
6: And he says something like... Ah, bless your little primate brain. I'm not actually in the room with you, am I? Technology. It's complicated. Uh, You can't hurt the big old god face.
2: (laughs) But uh, that was a wonderful moment because I just stepped on it by accident and got
4: flung up to the monitor. That was a nice moment. I like the one where she explains the metaphor. I just have the the, the zinger line. Like She gives you an insult and you go into the elevator and she's like,
0: Remember before when I was talking about smelly garbage standing around being useless? That was a metaphor. I was actually talking about you and i'm sorry you didn't react at the time so i was worried it sailed right over your head which would have made this apology seem insane that's why i had to call you garbage a second time just now
1: i think the best one is
0: assume the party escort submission position or you will miss the party
4: yes (laughs) (laughs) oh there was and there's a zeppelin related one kind of
0: look at you sailing through the air majestically like an eagle piloting a blimp
4: <laughs> yeah. i love that one. <laughs> like all the weight comments in in the second one again you know with the whole sort of like finding ways to hurt you uh emotionally which is not something you would think an ai would do right mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> we're gonna make a statue of your corpse and show people how not to eat or what was it <laughs> how not how not to be <laughs> like
4: oh. great. Uh, and the end of portal one where she just gets into like just Where I think it's towards the end when she's really falling apart where she goes, don't
0: believe me? Here, I'll put you on. That's you. That's how
4: dumb you sound. Getting into like second grader level insults because you can't think of anything clever anymore.
3: I do the one visual joke that always gets me is when you're going in in Portal Two and you're going down into the deep place and there's the you see the giant vault door and you have to hook the, yeah, the two, the two fake buttons vault to open <laughs> it and the vault door swings open and there's like a little folding chair and like a tiny door and that just yeah. I don't know just because there's <laughs> or, not a lot of visual humor or, in it that the one, fake that door that gets me. me tiff yes. posted a screenshot
4: of the fake door it's like i
0: honestly truly didn't think you'd fall for that
4: i mean you have to, the thing is you have <laughs> yeah. to It's the game you have to you yeah. know make to make progress in there. the game and yeah. then it makes you feel bad you're like but you feel injustice like but i had to open that to make the game progress and it's just <laughs> i
2: really enjoy all of the lines when she's insulting wheatley as they're trying mm-hmm. to shut him down including just at one point saying you moron <laughs>
0: Also, look at her,
2: you moron. She's not fat. She's so angry. It's And it's weird to hear GLaDOS angry at someone who isn't me, right? It's like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You get him. <laughs> Especially
3: when she's in her little, little potato voice. It's, yeah, because yeah. Oh, yeah, she's in the potato, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. F-
4: the physical humor of like when you're into that place with all the buttons. I mean, you mm-hmm. kind of see it coming, but like, he's like, okay, we just got to find the button for the lights. so just don't <laughs> touch anything. And the thing starts going up and hitting all the buttons. Click, 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 that's... <laughs> That's good. Uh, I mean, again, you don't have any agency there. I did, first time I played, I did look for the button a little bit. I mean, granted, it's kind of a texture, and you're like, well, I'm not going to be able to actually find a button because it's not one of the mechanics in this game, but I looked for it briefly. I also like um, I
2: like that moment where you get redirected to the uh, the, the chamber where he's going to smash you with all the things, and GLaDOS says, uh-oh, this is the part where he kills us, and he says, okay, this is the part where I kill you, and then the chapter title the, the, comes the, up, which yeah, the is the part where he kills you. They
4: <laughs> See, if Steve was here, he would do Adventure Core lines for us the, for an hour. You should get him to do some Adventure Core lines, you know.
6: Quick, what's the situation? Oh, hey. you, hey, pretty lady. Name's Rick. So you out having yourself a little adventure?
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are again. It's always such a pleasure. Remember when you tried to kill me twice? We laughed and laughed
3: Except I wasn't laughing Under the circumstances I've been struggling And I You want your freedom Take it That's what
2: counting on I used to want you dead But now I only want you gone These things happen Okay you win, goodbye.